0: Friends, it seems that there's a big difference between knowing about someone and actually knowing them. There's a big difference between having a bunch of information about someone, stuff you know about them, and having a deep personal relationship with them. I think that's obviously been probably always true in interpersonal relationships, that we could always remain somewhat at a a distance observing other people, learning facts and information about them, seeing how they act and who they hang out with and all sorts of things, but never actually spending the time through a personal encounter to get to know them on the level of, say, a friend. I think the ease of that maybe has been magnified with the advent of technology and social media, which allows us to see all sorts of things about a person, We can learn all sorts of things from social media about them. We can see their posts, we can see their friends, we can follow their stories. We can learn all sorts of stuff about who they are, but not actually encounter them. Never talk to them, never speak to them about their deepest desires and aspirations and beliefs. I think we can do the same with God. We can know a lot about God, but not know God. We can know a lot about Jesus and not be in a deep personal relationship with Jesus. I think this is a, maybe a particular temptation for those of us in the religious profession who have to always speak about Jesus. But the question always is, are we also cultivating a personal encounter with him? The, The knowledge and the information isn't bad, right? Even about other people, right? It might give us a glimpse into who they are. It might partially reveal some aspects about them. That's not bad. But it's certainly not the full totality of the person, the things that we can observe on a post or on a story, it's not the totality of who they are. Similarly, all the things we could know about God, about His revelation, about the Catholic faith, about Jesus, are not the same as having an intimate friendship with Him. And the temptation, I think, always is to to because we know about God, we can act as if we also know him. It's one of my great annoyances on social media, is people using Jesus to posture for what they already believe to be true. They just use Jesus to confirm an ideological position that they already have. It drives me nuts because I, I feel like a lot of people don't actually grasp and, and wrestle with the totality of, of who Jesus is and what he teaches. And that doesn't happen in a snippet. That doesn't happen uh, in, a, in a small phrase. That happens with wrestling in prayer with who Jesus is and what he demands, the totality of his message. Not the message that just fits what I want to hear, but wrestling with the totality of Jesus' message and where it challenges me. So I think there are all sorts of ways that we can know about Jesus, but not be cultivating a deep friendship with him. I thought about this in a special way this weekend because of the gospel because I don't know if you ever caught in the Gospels that the demons seem to know about Jesus. The demon in the Gospel today, and this is common actually across a lot of the exorcism stories we see, see in the Gospels, the demon knows quite a bit about Jesus. The demon today speaks out of the person and says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Not only does he just know about Jesus in the sense of his name, he actually knows who he is in relation to God. He is the Holy One, the Chosen of God. In James 2.19, the Scriptures attest to the fact that even the demons know some things about God. St. Thomas Aquinas taught that the demons possess the most rudimentary, rudimentary form of faith. There are multiple ways that the scriptures speak of faith, but the most basic is just intellectual assent. I know who this is. I know about them. But what the demons don't possess, what they lack, is faith that is trust. They lack faith as trust and as surrender that not only do I Intellectually assent to what you revealed and who you are, but I believe you. I would give my life for you. I would surrender to you. The demons lack that. They lack faith as trust that translates into radical love. But the demons know about Jesus. I once heard it described like this, and this doesn't perfectly apply to the demons. But someone, one speaker, posed it like this. Are you a fan or are you a follower of Jesus? Again, it doesn't apply perfectly to demons because the demons are neither. But what this speaker was trying to draw is a fan just often knows about someone from a distance. They know about, like, I'm a fan of, a huge fan of Roger Federer, the tennis player. I know everything about, including that he shares my birthday, August 8th which I think was his divine providence in many ways. Um, I know all sorts of things about Roger Federer, but I don't know Roger Federer. I wish I knew him. I don't know him personally. A fan can know about Jesus, a fan of Jesus. Yeah, I kind of like what Jesus says. Seems good. I'm going to use Jesus when it, it suits my needs. That's a fan. A follower is one who sits at his feet. A follower is one willing to be a disciple. A follower is one who listens attentively to him and seeks to have a relationship with him as a friend. Are we a fan or are we a follower of Jesus? The other two readings this week and I think offer us a few tests to see if we're a fan or a follower. To see if we cultivate a life of knowing more about Jesus, or if we cultivate a life about seeking to know Jesus. The first is the extent of our prayer. And the way I want to get at that is the first reading, because Moses in Deuteronomy promises, he prophesies that a prophet like him will come along, will arise, that will speak with a kind of new divine authority that will speak definitively to God's people. And one of the interesting things in the book of Exodus that we're told about Moses is that Moses was unique among all of the Old Testament messengers of God in that he spoke to God, scripture says, face to face. That he had an intimate relationship with the Lord that none of the other prophets had. And so when Moses said a Moses says, a prophet like me will arise, who will speak definitively to his people. He's saying, a prophet like me who speaks to God face to face. Of course, we would say that's fulfilled in the person of Jesus, who doesn't just speak to God face to face, but lives with God face to face in his divine nature. But it's also a description of the nature of prayer. To speak to God intimately and personally, face to face. Face to face. Many of the saints, when they've described prayer, have described it simply like that. A friend sitting down with a friend. Talking to the friend and listening to the friend. Speaking face to face. I might add with no masks, symbolically. Face to face with Jesus. Jesus did that in his own ministry. He would disappear for nights to go speak with the Father in private, speak face to face. And so one of the tests of whether we're a fan or a follower is whether we strive to carve out time to speak to the Lord face to face. If we just want to know about Jesus, we can know that without spending time with him. Can read just theology books and study stuff, and hear about him and so on. But to know him means to spend time with him as a friend. To know him means to speak face to face with him as we would spend time with a friend. The other test, I think, of whether we're a fan or a follower is whether we make space. For what Jesus calls are the two most important things, right? Which is union with God and love of neighbor. And the second reading today, which is kind of an interesting reading, and Paul's making the point that different vocations and we might even add different careers and so on allow us to be to different degrees more divided than in others, right? And some of that advice might be time-bound, right? It may not apply to us. But the principle that Paul is espousing here is the idea. That with all of the busyness and all of the hustle and bustle and preoccupations that we have, we can't get so distracted that we forget about the two most essential things that Jesus says are at the core of what it means to be a disciple of his, which is to love God above all things and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That if we are so busy and so preoccupied with the things of this world, that we cannot carve out any time for face-to-face interaction with God and then to be able to respond in time to the needs of others. Like if we're so preoccupied and busy that I can't respond to the person that's right in front of me that has a need, I'm so distracted that I can't respond to the person in front of me. Paul's advice today is that we have to strive for detachment, some kind of detachment. St. Ignatius of Loyola called it holy indifference. It's not because the things of this world are bad that we seek to detach from them, but it's to make sure by detaching and developing holy indifference that we create space for God and neighbor, that we don't become so preoccupied and anxious and distracted with things of the world that we can't respond to the primary values of love of God and love of neighbor. And so one of the tasks of whether we're a fan or a follower is whether we try to carve out some space right, for love of God and love of neighbor. Friends, it's easier to just know about someone. It's easier. To know someone is more challenging, much more fulfilling in the end, but it's messier. It takes some prioritization, it's I think this is a temptation for all of us, and I'm I'm throwing myself in in here, because as someone who has to talk about God all the time, the real temptation is that I spend more time thinking about how I talk about the faith than spending time with the one who is the faith itself. But I spend more time thinking about how to articulate what God has revealed than spending time with the person who is the faith. The temptation, I think, for all of us. Because it's easier to seek to know more about someone than to know them. So let's uh, strive today. We have to be better than the demons. The demons have a basic level of faith in God. They know things about God. We have to mature past that. We have to mature past that level of faith so that we have a faith that trusts in the one that we have a relationship with. But we can only trust someone when we spend time with them and when they prove to us that they have a track record and they're trustworthy. So we have to develop a trusting faith that can be translated into love. So by uh, the Lord's grace, let's strive this week and going forward through the Eucharist here that we might seek to be more of a follower of Jesus than merely a fan, that we might seek to know Jesus more than just knowing about him.